Next on BYU Sports Nation, bracket bound for BYU basketball. At least it looks that way, but is simply making the NCAA tournament enough at this point? It is signing day eve for Cougar football, one of the biggest needs for 2020 and beyond. Plus the top five TJ Haas moments of the season on Top 5 Tuesday. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. How's it? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, February 4th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who has happily avoided any NIT bracketology this season, Jerem Jordan. It's been fun not to have to deal with that. And uh, BYU climbing to its highest point in the brackets. We'll tell you about that in a moment. But, yeah, the NIT, who cares about the NIT, man? Who won the NIT last year? I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Who, no one cares. Shout out to our guy John Templin from at NYC Buckets. If you are interested in the NIT bracketology, that's where to find it. We will not be looking at that. Yeah, good for you if you are. That's great. <laughs> hey, there could be some other teams that BYU has already beaten looking at the NIT bracketology, right? Yeah? Yeah? Time no. To, no. Time to throw some shade? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. If, yeah. You, you, no. No. Johnathan Tavernari is certain that BYU will not be in the NIT and will be in the NCAA tournament, but will the Cougars win a game? Is simply making the tournament enough. He'll join us to discuss that. It is Top 5 Tuesday featuring the Top 5 TJ Haas moments of this most current season. And we take a look back and a look forward at the BYU football tight ends. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi has vaulted BYU basketball to a seven seed in his latest bracket reveal. Facing 10 seed Indiana. He's not alone. Andy Katz has BYU as a seven seed as well in his version of Bracketology, taking on number 10 seed Wichita State. Well, well, well. Lucky seven. So how big was the TJ Haas shot? Probably three or four seed lines because if BYU loses, they may drop to a 10 or 11, right? Uh, But they're as high as a seven now. So that was a huge shot. Men's volleyball stays at number two in the ABCA poll, but in the media poll, I screamed for this last week. BYU is the number one team in the country. Your now. ploy worked. Well, BYU beat number three Santa Barbara twice. That helps. Uh, so that's awesome. Uh, BYU's number one in the media poll, number two in the coaches poll. BYU hosts number seven UCLA, the rival, Thursday on BYU TV. Number eight, Pepperdine Saturday on BYU TV. Will Stanley is the MPSF Defensive Player of the Week, second week in a row. 19 digs and nine sets. And off the block names, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, the national opposite of the week after 30 kills and seven aces against UCSB in two matches. BYU women's track and field jumped 10 spots in the latest USTF CCCA poll. They are now number 15. The women's distance medley relay team broke the school record with a time of 10 minutes, 53 seconds, 95 hundredths, besting the previous mark by about half a second in the UW invite last weekend. Congratulations. That that was a big deal that they did that. I mean, huge. And for the fourth straight week, Abby Minor uh, should be called Abby Major. She's been named the MRGC Gymnast of the Week. 39, uh, had a 39-1 overall uh, all around at Boise State. Brigham hosts the Hornets of Sacramento State Friday at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Presented by Trio Senior Living. Jerem, BYU basketball, a number seven seed, according to Andy Katz and now Joe Lunardi. Lucky seven seed line after TJ Haas saves the day against St. Mary's. Expectations are constantly shifting for this team. Is at this point, simply making the NCAA tournament enough for BYU basketball this season. Not when you're a seven seed. If BYU was like a 10 or 11 or something, it'd be like, you know what? It's great to be back. Compete. See, if you don't win, it's okay. But if you're a seven, you're a favorite. You should win your game, right? Eight, nine's a toss-up. Seven is the first matchup in the tourney um, in seeding where you go, oh, you're the favorite. You, you should win. Upsets happen, da-da-da. I think this team is too good for us to think going there is enough. If this team was barely good enough to get into the tourney, then yes. But this team isn't barely good enough to get into the tourney. This is a good, stinking basketball team. And we've seen BYU go on the road and beat Houston. We've seen them beat Virginia Tech on a neutral court and Utah State uh, and compete with San Diego State, who's still number one in net. Like This, this is a team that's been really impressive, has overachieved my expectations preseason. I don't think BYU is going to make the tourney. They're clearly going to make the tourney. It's just what seed BYU is going to get. And this fact uh, punctuates everything for me. If BYU was just kind of decent at a, a lot of things or a few things and they got into the tournament, we'd be like, okay, cool. Against D1 competition, BYU is the number one three-point shooting team in the country at 42%. That means they could be in any game and win almost any game. So, no, it's not enough just to make the tourney. I think BYU can go to the dance and win a game. As of February 4th, I'm with you. BYU is a seven seed according to the top two major bracketologists in America. I don't know that everybody on the committee is buying that, so I could see that BYU slides to an eight or a nine seed. And at that point, it's like, well, it's a toss-up game. But if BYU is indeed a seven seed and a favorite, then yes, We expect the Cougars to win a game. I can tell you this much. Just getting to the tournament is not enough for the team, not for Jake Toulson, not for Yoli Childs, TJ Haas, any of the seniors. They want to go, and they want to win. Yeah, expectations have shifted. They want to do something special, going back to what Yoli Childs talked about when he announced he was coming back to play for BYU for his senior season. Something special at this point would be not just getting into the field, but winning a game. A seven seed is nice. Now, if BYU is indeed a seven seed or maybe a six seed on Selection Sunday, well, I know, it's a little blue goggleish. but if they're a seven seed right now, they still have opportunity to jump up a line, do they not? Why is it blue goggleish? They're, what, 26 in net? No, that's totally realistic. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Okay, I, I don't know that BYU can climb much higher than that, but if the Cougars beat Gonzaga in Provo and if BYU wins a semifinal against probably St. Mary's in Vegas at the West Coast Conference Tournament, then they're just padding the resume that much more. Yeah, six seed? Woo! That's about as high as it goes for me. Yeah, they they can't get a five seed, realistically, I don't think. I don't want BYU to be in a 5-12 game. (laughs) I do. Two of them win. (laughs) Hey, six, seven seed? Sure. Yeah, it's crazy how things have changed. I, I would rather be a. T- I don't want to be in the eight nine game. At no, all. as long as I would BYU rather be a ten than an eight or nine. Avoids a quad three or quad four loss, and then, that's what the rest of the season is, except for the Gonzaga games. By the way, then then we should expect them to get in the tournament and compete to win one of those games. Yeah, left uh, well Pacific 
Yeah, no, no, no. Upcoming games. There's there's uh, Gonzaga at home is the last non-quad three, quad four. So if there BYU you loses one of those games, do expectations then shift again? And is just getting into the tournament enough? Depends on seed. We'll see. Right? Yeah. Topic two. Tomorrow's part two of football signing day. First part was in December. Uh, second part is tomorrow. So what's the biggest need for BYU football? BYU's got to figure out a way to replace Tyson Williams. The running back room needs some depth. Uh, Lopini Katoa has proven to be a formidable running back for BYU, but the Cougars played uh, five different running backs last year, maybe six. Played? No, it was more than that. Yeah, played? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sione Fino, Tyler Algier, uh, Lopini Katoa, Tyson Williams, Emmanuel Supa, Yeah, Jackson McChesney. So there, there are six right there. Okay, six guys that carried the ball at least significantly in one game. Um, so BYU needs depth. They they need some depth in that room. I'd start with the running backs, um, looking for a playmaker there. And then with the loss of Austin Lee and Diane Gawoliku, I think BYU could use some more depth in the safety, in uh, at the safety position in the secondary. So those those are the top two spots for me, just because BYU loses some really impactful seniors. The running back room needs some more depth, and it's hard to replace Gawoliku and Austin Lee uh, and not feel the impact of their loss. So those that's where I would start. What do you got? Yeah, I, I don't think the running backs need depth. There's plenty of that. I, I think they need, like, a guy, like the guy, right? And it sounds like BYU got that guy. We, think, we can't talk about him until he actually signs, but blue dots are, are good, right? Wait, so you, you don't think – you think Tyler Algier, who is still lear- relearning the position, and Sione Finau you coming just, off surgery? You just listed all these dudes that are coming I know, back. But we I don't, think we don't know if Finau is, is going to play. We don't know if Finau is going to play. We don't know what to expect from Algier, so that's why I say, like, depth. Like, you, you've got – I think two, maybe three proven BYU commodities. Need, BYU needs a starter. They need, like, a power five starter. And I think they're getting that guy. Again, we can't mention the guy's name. But I like three names. You know what I'm saying? Um, then receivers. BYU lost its top three receivers. Um, in, in, in Mike Simon and Talon Shumway and Aleva Hifo, they combined for 136 catches, 1,600 yards, and nine touchdowns. How do you replace that? Is it on the team already? And Gunnar Romney and Keanu Hill and Dax Mill. Neil Pau, don't forget about him, okay? He redshirted um, after the DUI, right? Um, Cody Epps uh, is a guy that we expect to come in and perhaps make an impact. What other guys could BYU bring in that make an impact? We'll see. But certainly the skill positions are very important because I think defensively BYU feels solid about the D-line, although there's not that guy that's just going to get sacks, right? Linebackers, ton of, ton of depth and youth there. I feel good about that group. The secondary, you bring back Troy Warner and Chris Wilcox, so I feel confident about them adding to that group um, and, and pretty good about that. Certainly tough to replace Austin Lee and Diane Wolico. But those two certainly help. You know what they bring, and they'll be seniors. The problem again. is, what if somebody gets hurt? And that's what BYU has encountered. What if one of those guys that you count on to what be What if? There? When? When, right? Yeah. yeah, BYU just needs more than two guys back there at safety. That, and that's always a concern for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think skill positions are, are big. And certainly a, like, number one running back is, is the focus there. Because if BYU was playing in a uh, group of five conference, I'd feel fine with the group that BYU has. But it's different when BYU is going to play six power five teams and four in a row. On to topic three as we move back to basketball. And in so doing, we invite you to weigh in on today's live poll by going to vote.byutv.com and answering the following question. Which T.J. Haas shot was bigger? The game winner at Houston 
or the game winner against St. Mary's. Yes. There's really both. no wrong answer here. There is one that matters more, though, to me. <sighs> Especially with really what does. we're seeing what has happened recently. No. Not not for me. Oh, really? It's Houston. And, oh. And here's why. Okay. If, if TJ, it's the only quad one win BYU has. Okay. If BYU doesn't have a quad one win, it's really hard to argue that they are what, that they should be more than just on the bubble in the NCAA tournament, right? You can't say, yeah, yeah, you have no quad one wins, but you're definitely a uh, NCAA tournament team. What? You have to win in quad one at least once, right? And BYU got a friendly role. On this one to get in. It's the only quad one win. I think it really matters. It's BYU's best win by far. And it put BYU in the tournament conversation. Maui added to this, right? And then St. Mary's adds to this. If, if TJ Haas doesn't make the shot Saturday, BYU's still in the tourney. They're just kind of on, they're on the bubble, right? Um, I think they're in, but just barely. I think the Houston shot's really big. You can't have zero quad one wins and feel... Uh, like you have this great argument to be in the tourney. Yeah, as it stands, they are the only quad one win. We don't know what's going to happen with Virginia Tech. We don't know what's going to happen with Utah State. We'll see where, where BYU lands, and we don't know what's going to happen against Gonzaga. But for me, the fact that TJ Haas shot a three with a one-point deficit late in the game from 25 feet away, to me that was like a hu- I mean, huge, huge gritty, gutty shot for him to take and make. It was the Sam Cassell moment. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I mean, T.J. Haas, uh, again, you can't go wrong here because both shots were needed, but just how it happened, how how it happened and his decision. He had other options. Against Houston, it was kind of like, you got five seconds, you just got to run down the floor and chuck it up and hope it goes in. Tough shot for sure. Him deciding to take that shot and make that shot and vault now BYU into a single-digit seed category, that to me really solidified that BYU is for real. They, they needed the win over St. Mary's so badly, and this will help BYU, I believe, ultimately get that number two seed. If BYU doesn't hit the shot against St. Mary's, the Cougars don't finish second place in the West Coast Conference, and they're playing on Saturday, and then there's another opportunity for them to have a quad three loss in Las Vegas. So, I, yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard. Both are needed, right? Yeah, you, both great B, shots. BYU needed both. Both great shots, right? And BYU had chances to have other moments like this, by the way, but didn't make them. Boise State was one. Earlier against Houston was one. Uh, Utah on regulation was one. Um, so these were some big shots. BYU could add more than this, right? It was, I guess, Jake Toulson against Boise State and Alex Barcelo against Utah. You don't make all of them, right? But it was nice that uh, Houston is a real buzzer beater as well, by the way, which is awesome. St. Mary's had a chance to tie there. You know. Yeah. No, or, ta- or take the lead if they shot a three. I mean, it, it is BYU's most quality result for sure. In terms of the shot for me, just, just the way it happened, the way it looked, the moment, all that's – to me, it's St. Mary's. It just was – I mean, the mean mug. It brought out the mean mug. It brought new St. Mary's face for me, and it kept BYU in, in position to take second place in the West Coast Conference. Okay. Second place is first in this it, it feels like it. <laughs> it doesn't feel like first. Double bye? I mean, other first than Gonzaga, feels like first. Gonzaga has dominated. We have a, not felt like a champion. A long non-Gonzaga time. championship in the West Coast Conference. Yay. Our question of the day, is simply making the NCAA tournament enough for BYU basketball this season? Why or why not? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. 
At Boar's Tire on Twitter says, is it enough for this season? Yes. First year head coach, five years since BYU made an appearance and didn't make the NIT last year. Is it enough to be special? No. Special to me would be Sweet 16, which would be on par with 2011 that everyone knows was special. Special is pretty high standard for you because that's only happened twice in program history. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. BYU winning a game and just getting to Saturday in the NCAA I, tournament would be incredible. Yeah, I, I think this is Mark Pope's best team for a long time and maybe ever at BYU. Look how good this team is. Wow. Number one in three-point shooting, uh, a team that has seven seniors and Yoli Childs and Jake Tools and TJ Haas. Like, these are three, like, all-timers at BYU. Like, enjoy this run because it's not going to be the same the next couple years. Hopefully BYU builds on this and gets better, right? But it doesn't always do it. Like, look at... Could you have told Dan Marino, hey, you're not going to get to another Super Bowl. Just enjoy this. Like, enjoy this because we don't know what the next few years are going to yield. We don't know if BYU is going to make another tourney. This team's making the tourney. Let's enjoy it. Will this team win a game in the tournament? And oh, is, hopefully. And, and is one win enough to make it special? Mm, one's probably not special. <laughs> yeah. But one is awesome. Yeah, go and win. Coming up, Top 5 Tuesday featuring the best of TJ Huff. And Jonathan Tavernari is back in Studio B to face the music after he said BYU would go undefeated and then they lost to San Francisco. Why he's still confident that the Cougars are going to run the table now. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as coach and Greg Rubel recap the big win over St. Mary's. Deep Blue features Jake Toulson's journey back to BYU and what goes into each pregame handshake. It's 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is our pleasure to welcome in former BYU basketball sharpshooter, European basketball standout, and a man who is currently facing a one-game suspension for a faulty projection, Jonathan Tavernal. Well, he, he had it last week, I think, right? I already, I already covered, all right? So I'm back in the game now. Let's uh, rewind to your undefeated prediction with us just a little while ago. As long as this team stays healthy, they're not losing again. So you think they're going to beat Gonzaga um, at home? I do. Okay, Jonathan. BYU goes they out. They didn't. And loses to San Francisco. The very next game. <laughs> Though they were up 14 on the road. Gave up a career high to a guy that came off the bench. Frustration for sure. It didn't hurt BYU in the metrics, but what do you have to say for yourself? I mean, BYU was up by 14. <laughs> and it took a guy putting on his Calvin Cambridge, Jordan 1s type of like Mike movie or whatever to beat BYU, right? And they still lost by one. Um, give credit to San Francisco. I mean, at the time, and if you guys notice, um, they were WIU was down two. They purposely fouled Yoli, and Yoli went to the line. And I mean, it, Yoli should never even been playing, let alone. And he went there, and you know, just it didn't go BYU's way. But um, I, I firmly believe that BYU still. I don't know about running the tables now because you have that one extra loss, but. Um, the way that they poised themselves on on Saturday against uh, St. Mary's, um, how they played, um, and I will say this, Yoli did not play a great game. I felt like Yoli had 19 points, but that's what you expect from one of the best players in the country, from a senior leader. But Yoli didn't play very well. 
and he was also in foul trouble. And when you put the way and how TJ played with how Yoli played um, and the room, you know, for Yoli to kind of be a little bit sharper um, and the fact that they, again, gave up um, almost 30 points to a guy that's like a tweener, you know, between a three and four on fits. Um, I think BYU has the chance to, you know, except of um, the Gonzaga game that you just let the cards fall and you look forward to that game and, but I think BYU has a chance, again, to beat all of these other smaller schools. And based on how games went, um, why not have BYU beat Gonzaga at home? I mean, the environment was amazing, watching the game, being so present. I mean, it fell back like, you know, when 10, 15 years ago when I was here that most of the most of the conference games were sellouts and, and just things would just pack the Merritt Center. And um, I, I think that a lot also – um, stays with the fact of how's Jake doing. You know what I mean? I know that ankle's he, a big question. I know that yeah. he's on a boot, and I know that it's. And I, I tweeted that, and I was amazed, and I thought that he was it was a genius of how he tweeted himself of the Paul Pierce <laughs> chair. Right? Um, however, I will say this: that type of injury, it is not easy for you to play through because you can shoot it, but in after about ten minutes after the fact. It starts hurting again, and you can't keep shooting and shooting and shooting. I broke a foot. I fractured my foot in three places in the exact same way that he got hurt. Mm. And it, it, I think that right now it's what a, a, a level three or a grade three, and it, he's going to be out for at least two weeks. And so it's, you know, it, it's almost like this season, as most being like, oh, we're going to get the good news, but there's always a little bit of a bad news always attached to it. And, but these guys have been phenomenal fighting a way to play through it. And, you know, there's nothing that you can doubt out of this team and Mark Pope anymore. Yeah, certainly a challenge. Uh, you know, at Portland is a game that BYU probably could win without Jake Toulson, of course. But San Francisco at home on Saturday, that same team is here, the quick turnaround. So how do uh, – if Jake can't play, um, how does that change things for BYU uh, Saturday against San Francisco, for example? Well, I think that the way you look, it, you expect – uh, more of a Alex, right? I mean, Alex against uh, San Francisco, oh, excuse me, against St. Mary's, um, didn't have as much of an impact as we're used to him. So I think that at that point, next man up, I think you see more of Alex involved. Um think that you also see a little bit more of Connor Hardy. And I'm a huge fan of Connor. I mean, ever since I, you know, we started doing this this this, this season, I've always said I thought Connor deserved more playing time and what a tough kid. So I think that at that point, you kind of try to, you know, make up that, that difference of what Jake produces um, with Alex uh, playing a little bit more on the ball, maybe creating a little bit more off the dribble. Not so much out of a picking role, per se, but maybe off the penetration. Um, and Connor gets a little bit more playing time. And so it's a big difference, though. And Jake is a huge key to this team. But I think there's a big difference you replacing maybe TJ or Yoli at this point of the season right now. Um, or maybe having to kind of make up the difference that Jake is. However, I mean, don't get it twisted. I mean, there was a couple of day, games ago that um, I, I, I get against Pacific that Jake went off. If, if it wasn't the Jake Tolson yeah, show, BYU wasn't going to win. And so not to discredit Jake at all because he is a difference maker and one of the stars of this team. But for one game or maybe a couple of games, making up that difference in that position per se – is not as difficult as maybe a TJ going down or Yoli going down or, or even Kobe going down because of his you know inside presence. And and TJ's a question mark given 
okay, had the baby. That's great. Everything's going well. But how much energy is he going to have? How tired is he going to wow. be? You know, you've, you've, did you ever have kids in season? Oh, uh, thankfully, no. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, will, I will say this. Um, uh, at the beginning of the season, when my wife and I had our boy, it was not easy. And credit goes to her 101% because up all the time, let me rest for me to go and, and get ready for practicing games. Um, but it's an emotional toll, right? And, and it's not easy. And I will say this, um, it, TJ, and I say this over and over again, TJ does not get enough credit. He is crudenized and he gets, yeah, I don't know why, but he gets a lot of unfair negativity. Um, I cannot imagine uh, what he, how he was feeling, you know. Um, I, unfortunately, a couple of years ago, I had a game. We just landed in Paris. My wife was telling me that, you know, she had to go to the hospital. We just lost a, a baby. Mm. Um, and I can't relate to that. On My mind was everywhere but in that game. I mean, you still execute the X's and O's of defense. Um, you know, and she's back in Italy. Our family's in America and in Brazil. And I'm in, I'm in France. And it's, it, it's, compl- it's complicated. It's complex. And so props to him for delivering and, and how to deliver it. I mean, you look at the box score and like, well, TJ had 24, 20, you know, however many he's had. And you're like, he probably had 40 of how his impact had on the game. And so mm-hmm. kudos to him. Hats off to him. I, I don't think TJ gets enough credit. Jonathan Tavernari with us on BYU Sports Nation. In your defense, going back to your statement a week ago, you said as long as BYU stays he healthy. He brings this up. Like, you know, like you to I'm, no. I'm defending you uh, right uh, now, okay? Uh, thank you. Keep you going. You said <laughs> as long as BYU stays healthy. Well, we don't know how healthy Yoli Childs right. is. He's still recovering from his finger injury. Or he was at San Francisco. <laughs> right. Okay, Jake Toulson, we've talked about his ankle. So considering those things, the current health state of this team does BYU have enough to finish second in the West Coast Conference and earn that double bye in Las Vegas? That's an interesting question. I Looking at this team, um, I really feel this team has gone above and beyond expectations, um, at least when delivering when it's needed. Um, nobody's going to prove me otherwise. San Diego State is undefeated, but we should have won that game. Boise State, it's an asterisk. But um, this team has delivered. I mean, look at Houston. Right, and nobody's expecting that. At, at, you know, a really high finish at Maui, nobody's expecting that. And so I do feel like this team, when they're locked in and Mark Pope knows how to get these boys locked in, um, they figure out a way to come through. And, again, it's, it's one of those things that as a player and as a coach, you really try to bottle because if you could have the same energy, the same enthusiasm, the same focus, um, the same preparation and the same execution – that BYU had against Houston um, in Maui, against St. Mary's. Be, let's, be, let's be clear. Except with Gonzaga, the number one team in the country who was running the table on the, mountain, on, the, on the West Coast Conference, they should not lose to anybody. And So you've come around to the well, Gonzaga idea. Well, but the reason why I'm saying is that is because with the Gonzaga team, and I've said this over and over again, you let the chips fall. But you're playing at home with 20,000 people yelling and screaming it's not going to be a walk in the park of the kennel, right? Not, it's just not taking your puppy for, you know, to play in the park. It, it's going to be a battle, right? And it's going to be hyped and, and so forth. And so I do think that this team um, has the tools to be able to get to the point and, and keep that second place. 
Um, it's is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. Guys are going to have to step in. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if how long does Jake Tolson um, injury lasts if they look at maybe having Zach play some three because uh, Zach has predominantly played a four or more of a, an inside, almost kind of like I've, I played, you know. Um, but then maybe, you know, even bringing Gavin Baxter uh, back. Huge um, question mark, right? He, and I'll say this. Um, I love Coach Pope. I love Gavin. Um, I can imagine what both are thinking right now. Um, my personal opinion on this is Gavin should not come back and he should keep his red shirt here. He thinks he's going to leave in three years regardless. Right. So he doesn't care. That's, well, that's why he, if he can, he's right. going to come back. And, it and, like and it. again, and that's why I say at that point, you have to consider that. Right. And it's tough because, I mean, I was, why would you sit him if he's like in three years? I'm out anyway. You know what you I mean? Know, and yeah. so um, at that point, you do play him because if this is a guy that's saying it, he's a grown man. Right. We're not talking about a high school kid. Yeah. Um, Gavin has, you know, as we said in Brazil, you know, he has his head on his shoulders. Um, but at that point, it, you do play him because he said, well, li- listen, it, we win or lose, you know, rain or snow, day or night. I'm out of here as soon as I get my diploma. You do play him. But what a shame. Because it's and, and again, it's a different generation, a different type of mentality than I had. But um, you know, it's I I do feel this that BYU right now is a great place for you to develop. Um, and I think that imagine him being a fifth year senior. I mean, he would dominate much to what you know Yol is doing right now. But to each its own. And and if he does come back. Um, I think that's a huge uh, bonus and an uplift for BYU because he's a athleticism. How long it was, it was a shame that he got hurt over the summer because at the end of last season he was really flourishing mm-hmm. at that you know kind of garbage man cleaning everything on the rim, pick and rolls, alley oops, and all of this. So, but then the question comes: How do you play Dalton and how do you play? Um, Excuse me, Zach. Zach. Good problem. And how do you involve all of that in Kobe? It becomes a good problem. But nevertheless, at this part of the season, you kind of want your rotations locked in. And if you have a player of that caliber coming in, um, again, Mark Pope has a, a good problem, but nevertheless, I do see it as a problem. Okay, Jonathan, in 10 seconds, is simply making the NCAA tournament enough for this BYU team? Absolutely. When was the last time BYU made the NCAA tournament? Five years ago. You know, and so you got to take baby steps. you got to crawl before you ever walk or even run. And so I know they were all excited, and, oh, let's win the game, goes 316, but – you know, sometimes you do got to crawl before you walk and run. All right. JT, good to have you back, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, thanks, for, thanks, Dad, for, you know, for the suspension being uplifted. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm not in timeout anymore. So can I have take my you, – Take yeah. your nose out of the corner. Okay. Well, there we go. The thanks, dad. thanks, Dad. I appreciate it. Coming up, our offseason football position previews continue at the tight ends. And on Top 5 Tuesday, the top five moments of the season from TJ Haas. This is BYU Sports Nation. Join us tomorrow for a BYU Sports Nation special. It's football signing day as the Cougars complete the 2020 class. We're excited to announce it. Join us tomorrow. Kalani Sataki will join us. Which position groups do the Cougars need the most help in? If you missed that conversation, download the podcast. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Joseph Lenardi has BYU as a seven seed, facing ten seed Indiana and St. Louis. Andy Katz has the Cougars as a seven as well, playing Wichita State. Bracket Matrix has BYU in all 100 brackets. 
and is a nine seed. Volleyball. Will Stanley of the number one ranked BYU men's volleyball team, according to the media poll, is named the MPSF Defensive Player of the Week for the second straight week. He had 19 digs, zero receiving errors, two blocks against Santa Barbara. BYU men's volleyball ranked number two in the coaches poll. They host number seven UCLA on Thursday. Track and field. Women's team jumps up 10 spots to number 15 this week in the USTFCCCA poll after the women's DMR, distance medley relay team, uh, broke the school record, a time of 10.53.95 in Seattle. This weekend the team hits the Boise Indoor. Gymnastics. Make it four straight weeks that Abby Miner has been named the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Gymnast of the Week. She posted an all-around 39.1 in last week's road meet at Boise State. Another solid team performance and obviously individual performance for Abby. BYU will host Sacramento State Friday, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV. Lacrosse. The men's team upset number 20, Clemson. 14 to 8 on the road. Take that, Tyson Hutchins. Mm-hmm. Take that. It's good to be Clemson at something. It is time now for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. We are featuring the Top 5 TJ Haas moments of the season. At number 5, TJ Haas showing his creative ingenuity against Virginia Tech in Maui. Throws the inbounds pass off the defender. Give me that. Scores and one. BYU beat the Hokies by 13. TJ led all scores with 20 points. If it doesn't work, that's a terrible play. But it totally worked. Andy got an and one. Fantastic. Number four, January 16th against San Diego. TJ Haas crosses up his defender not once but twice. Behind the back. Bang. From three. BYU won 93-70. Haas had 19 points. Always crafty with the dribble. That's the biggest difference between he and Tyler. Number three, trailing late at St. Mary's. Haas again testing defender's ankle stability with the crossover, this time finishing with one of his multiple dunks this season. This is a new trend that we love. BYU did lose in overtime, but TJ had a fantastic game, 29 points. Check those ankles. I didn't know that TJ Haas could dunk until this year. This This is awesome. Tommy Cousy, eat your heart out. You ain't Bob. You ain't Bob, that's for sure. Number two, Houston, buzzer beater. This was awesome. The friendly roll off Boing. the rim, November 15th, hugging with Mark Durant, Jason Shepard screaming, Sports Center. It was an amazing moment. And to number one, the baby shot. Tyson Hawes, this really? one's for you. TJ with ice in his veins, beats St. Mary's with just a dagger three, gives us the mean mug, the new St. Mary's face. BYU stays in contention to finish second in the West Coast Conference. He again led BYU with 23 points. An electric atmosphere at the Marriott Center. Incredible performance by TJ Oz. Yeah, that, those two shots will define his career. When we look back, we'll go, oh, man, Houston, St. Mary's. It was awesome. Hopefully we have another one down the stretch somewhere. Man, if BYU had won that game at St. Mary's, there would be three there because his crossover dunk put the game into overtime and then BYU would go on to win that. It's, it's unfortunate that BYU couldn't close the deal on yeah. that one. Yeah, you forget the means. You remember the end. Ah, it's so, so true. It's so like, true. Like, tell me the means that led up to those two plays. It's harder, right? So the, the tie would not have been it, but the dunk was awesome. Yeah. All right. That's why we did the top five, so we can uh, put it on YouTube and not forget, right? Not surprisingly, number one and two are the two game winners for TJ Haas. What do the people think? Let's check out today's live poll. People, what do you Join think? Join in, vote.byutv.com. 
Saint-Mary'sShot.com, and right now, 62% over 38%. Yeah. The St. Mary's shot mm-hmm. just a little bit bigger than Houston. But really, there's no, there's no wrong answer. We did it in two weeks. I'd be more interested in this result. <laughs> it just happened, right? Saturday. Yes, there is, like, there is recency bias. Yeah, and I, I'm just convinced that if BYU doesn't beat Houston, that BYU's NCAA tournament resume is very different. Everything's different. And everything's different, yeah. It, I wish BYU had more quad one wins, one and four. San Diego State, Gonzaga, Kansas, and the first St. <laughs> Mary's game. Those are all losses, right? Quad two, BYU's four and three. BYU should be have a, even more quad twos. St. Mary's is a quad two. Now barely. it's barely a quad barely. two. If St. Mary's can climb into the top 30, that's a quad one win for BYU from Saturday. Utah State needs to uh, climb six spots to become a quad one. <sighs> so may- maybe that'll happen. Maybe BYU has as many as three at Utah the end State's of the season. Utah State's been disappointing, though. Virginia Tech uh, is 62. We'll see on that one. Utah uh, is 82. That's going to stay a quad two. You'd think. Well, that was a true road game. That's only seven spots away, eight spots. San Francisco, only like 11 spots. Boise State, I'm surprised, is still a quad two. So, yeah, a couple of those, BYU. Definitely yeah, the, the bigger deal there in the quadrants is that BYU, of all of their losses, they're, they're not going to have a quad three loss if they win the rest of the games they're supposed to win. Boise State's not right. going to fall below 135 in the right. net. Six of the last seven are quad three or four for BYU. Only, only one quad four, and that's this uh, Thursday at Portland. So a bunch of quad threes. It would be nice to avoid those. Don't lose another one. Yes. Take care of business. Vote.byutv.org. Which TJ Haas shot do you feel is bigger? St. Mary's with the recency bias is uh, holding an edge over the game winner yeah, against many, Houston. How many percentile does uh, recency bias count for? 12%? What is it? What do we think? <laughs> Coming up, Dope or Nope, Yoli Childs is in the running for player of the year. And is it enough for BYU basketball to just make the NCAA tournament this season? Plus, we take a look back and a look forward at the BYU football tight ends. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Will Stanley and the men's volleyball team, ranked number two in the coaches' poll, number one in the media poll, hosts seven, seventh-ranked UCLA, the rival Thursday night, top ten matchup on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time, and BYU's first Federation match. I always think of Star Trek when I think of the, the Federation I'm not in a conference. Jean-Luc Picard should, will be at yeah. the game. Yeah, should BYU football join a federation instead of a conference? That's a real question we should discuss. <laughs> the Federation of Independence. Yeah. One of the bigger offseason storylines for BYU football, not surprisingly, the announcement that Matt Bushman would return for his senior season and play tight end once again for BYU. Thank goodness. Along with Kairos Tonga on the defensive line. Both of those guys showed up at halftime of the St. Mary's game, gave a shout-out to BYU fans and said, hey, we're back. Uh, they shouted out the recruits that were there, said we need them. It was, it was a cool moment. Good to have those guys back, especially Bushman as a very, very potent offensive weapon for what we hope is a healthy Zach Wilson. So it is time with that in mind to take a look back and a look ahead at the BYU tight ends presented by Tim Daly Nissan. Jeremy, we know that BYU has Matt Bushman, but what else is there besides Matt Bushman? If Matt Bushman didn't come back, BYU would be toast at tight end in terms of experience, not in terms of potential talent. Um, let's talk about it. So 
some of the guys in the mix. Hank Tuipolotu was going to have an impact on this season, but he sustained a second season-ending injury to his knee. I can't remember if it's the same knee or a different knee. And he was having a nice camp. Yes, he had a great catch over the middle that was featured in some videos. People got excited. So hopefully he's back. Haven't heard the latest on his recovery, but let's hope he's back. Isaac Rex is a guy who had a 23-yard catch uh, this season, redshirted in the process. Byron's son, a guy that is a big, tall, fast option at tight end as well. Mason Wake played a lot. He played in 12 games, a kind of a fullback tight end hybrid. Never caught a pass or rushed the ball, but he was the guy in the mix. And there's that catch by Hank Tuipoloto I was talking about. Carter Wheat had a catch. He was a uh, guy that had put up some really good stats out of Arizona. Redshirted as well. Bentley Hanshaw will be back from a mission. Nate Heaps was a walk-on who uh, BYU thought might do something but had a season-ending injury as well. Lemme Pilimai uh, was on the scout squad. So BYU is not, um, doesn't have a, a dearth of this position. In fact, they almost have too many guys, which is a great problem. But this is a position that BYU can recruit. The question isn't whether Matt Bushman will be awesome. He will. It's a question of who else will join him in this. And I think BYU's got some good talent. I look forward to a guy like Isaac Rex or Hank Tuipolo to, to be the next guy. And we're talking about a guy in Matt Bushman that has led BYU in receiving yards in each of his first three seasons. That is crazy tough to do as a tight end. Yeah, wild. And his season this last year was really good. Uh, 47 for 688 and 4. He needs to get that touchdown markup higher. I would love for him to have 60-plus catches. Um, but he could be a Mackey finalist if he's a 60, 600, and 6-plus guy. Like, he's going to be at least a semifinalist, in my opinion, if he does that uh, kind of thing. What's the game where he was targeted the most? We're looking at it. Boise State. He had two touchdown catches on the trick plays. Find Matt Bushman and beat good teams. I don't think that's uh, an anomaly. I think that's uh, straight cash, homie. I, <laughs> against Liberty, Matt Bushman with the great catch on the trick play. Touch it. Like, Find this man! Three of his touchdowns were on find this guy. gimmick plays, right? Yes, Gregor Bell says, find this guy! Yes. It is, no, such an advantage. Right. it is such an advantage for BYU to have Matt Bushman back. Because you're right, if he didn't come back, who knows what to oh. expect at tight end. It'd be like, who does BYU who have Who knows? Again? And because yeah. Dallin Holker is still a year away from returning. Yes. So the thought of Matt Bushman being back and then Dallin Holker comes back to join Tui Pelotu and Rex and Carter Wheat and all those other guys makes me feel a lot better about the the solidarity of that group moving forward. Bushman coming back, huge, huge for BYU. I'm not nervous about this position at all. Who was it? Brady Papinga a few years ago said, BYU can recruit the (laughs) intermountain, like mountain man. Like the linebackers, the O-line, and the tight end. Yes. Those are the positions that BYU can recruit the easiest. BYU always gets a good quarterback, I think, as well. That's not um, a concern. BYU has three they really like that won games this last year, right, on Scali. Now Solji Mayava comes in, dual threat out of Hawaii, excited about him. There's, this is not a position where I'm nervous. I'm excited. And Steve Clark's the position coach. And he does a really nice job with these guys. Let us join with Jeff Grimes in saying thank you, Matt Bushman, for making a mature decision. Yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, man. That wraps up our look at back and look ahead at the BYU tight ends. More football coverage continuing every day on BYU Sports every, Nation because football is king. Every day! <laughs> Coming up, who gets today's rising? <laughs> and we play Dope or Nope. Yep, going to that well again. 
Gavin Baxter's possible return to play for BYU basketball this season. Is that dope or nope? This is BYU Sports Nation. Honor cut approved. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Hanging out in Studio B with Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. You can subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you choose to get your podcasts. And BYU TV and BYU Radio have free apps. If you would like, you may download them. It is time, Jerem, that we once again play Dope or Nope. Presented by Delta Airlines, keep climbing. And to do so, because it's such an epic game title, we need to bring in Ben Bagley. Ben, what do you have for us at number one in dope or nope? Well, first, before we get to number one, it would be dope if you gave us a five-star rating. That is yeah, true. Yeah, do it. That is true. Five stars. Please do that. All right, number one, dope or nope? BYU now top 30 in all but the KPI metric. On the NCAA team sheets. Uh, dope. Yeah, this is great. Who BYU, cares about KPI? I don't even know who it is or what it had. Like, it, BYU's always low in it, so I don't like it, I guess. No, it, everything. Oh, except for strength of record. Sorry. Yeah. No, all good. This is dope. Absolutely. Why not? Yes. One million percent dope. I love this. BYU basketball is relevant. And because yeah, of all of these so, numbers. It's awesome. It is. Awesome. Because of these numbers, the Cougars are a number seven seed in the two Projected brackets that matter most right now. Yes. Courtesy of Andy Katz and Joe Lenardi. Yes, I love say, it. Say what you will about the committee. They pay attention to what those guys are doing. I have nothing doing. bad to say about them. They, they pay attention to what Andy Katz and Joe Lenardi are saying, at least a little bit. I know this because we've spoken with we've former spoken members with of the selection committee. Members? Member. <laughs> number He's around. T- number two. Dope or nope, Yoli Childs ranked just outside Jeff Goodman's National Player of the Year poll of top 15 players. Nope, I don't think he's a National Player of the Year candidate. I think he's had a tremendous season, but he's just missed too many games to really be in the mix. Yeah, I, I think it's dope that Yoli Childs is even in the conversation given the struggles that he's had with his finger injury and his nine-game suspension. So it, it's, it's cool that he's even – being considered for something like this. Not a surprise, though, that he's not inside the top 15. Next. Talked about it a little bit earlier today with Jonathan Tavanari, but dope or nope, Gavin Baxter leaving the door open for a return this season. I think this is dope. He's BYU's best defender uh, in terms of protecting the rim. If he could come back and be a weapon that BYU could use, albeit in limited minutes, just to defend some opposing big guys, now you're talking about BYU getting some extra possessions, limiting some against St. Mary's and Gonzaga and having a chance on February 2nd, uh, 22nd, having more of a chance to win that semifinal. I love this idea. Dope. Yes, this is dope. And let me reference something that Mark Pope has said on several occasions. We need to rebound that basketball. Rebound this. that basketball. Oh, yeah. whoa. I did. Oh, you have a different clap? Was. You have a... Oh, really? Yeah. It was yours just straight Straight, straight claps. Just straight, straight claps. claps? Straight That's claps. boring. Yeah. <laughs> This is dope because it will help BYU rebound. Next. The clapping coordination, not dope. That's a nope. <laughs> Last one, dope or no, BYU men's volleyball, number one in the off-the-block media poll. Jerem Jordan throwing his weight around on that media poll. All 178 pounds of it. I feel like I had an agenda last week. <laughs> yes, you did. On this show and during the matches, and it was that BYU is the number one team in the country, and then they backed me up 
by beating UCSB twice. So that certainly should be the uh, reason. But, yeah, BYU is the number one team in the country in the media poll. And they should be next week in the coaches' poll. They gained three more votes than they had last week. So it's working. Yeah, this is dope. BYU's number one. They're, I mean, it's dope that they're number two in the coaches' poll. I love that they're right. top two in both of the polls. This is outstanding. It's got to beat Hawaii B- if and when it comes Hawaii to that. Yeah, yeah, when it comes to No, not to if. That. Oh, that's it's right. When. They do. They when. play two they in Honolulu. Be Hawaii. Stand Sheriff Hawaii. Center in March. Let's go. Let Hawaii carry the target for a few more weeks. Whatever. Yeah. Beat them in March. Question of the day. Is just making the NCAA tournament enough for BYU men's Never basketball this enough. season? Why or why not? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Tile 3 Arena on Instagram says. Fun one. No. We need to. We, as in BYU, needs to either get first yeah. or second place in the West Coast Conference Tournament at this point. BYU has the skill to do it. BYU can't lose in the first round of the NCAA Tournament again. We're getting greedy because BYU hasn't even been in the tournament for five years. They haven't even sniffed it. This team's good, though. Listen, it's not – we need to stop thinking about gradually building up. It's like all in or not. Like sometimes you go to a New Year's Six and then sometimes you have a losing record. Like that happens with teams. Now for today's rise and shout-outs. Jeremy, up first. Men's volleyball voters, uh, one, listening to Logic. Two, listening to me. Three, listening to Logic, (laughs) who is me. Thank you. My rise and shout-out goes to the entirety of the BYU basketball team and most of the staff visiting TJ Haas and his wife, Lauren, to celebrate the birth of uh, his baby boy, Tyson. Tyson Ralph Hawes. Outstanding. Let us add our congratulations as well. It's a great picture. Yeah, fantastic. Except Evan Troy looks, he just got caught in a bad frame. Paisley Johnson's in there too from BYU Women's Basketball. Oh, nice. She's like hiding in the back. Oh, well, she's dating Connor Harding, <laughs> hanging out. So, nice. Our thanks to today's guest, Jonathan Tavernari. And uh, sorry to Dennis Pitt, I ran out of time, bro. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSA. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Jim Yusevich. Don't forget to watch BYU Basketball with Mark Pope on the app tonight.